Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo, Hannah Woodward, and Tom Terrace. Welcome one and all. Hey, David. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles and turn to Mark chapter 6, verse 17 through 13. We're going to break open the bread of life. But before we do that, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us see what the Lord wants us to learn? I would love to. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the gift of your love. Uh, thank you for the gift of your patience uh, and, and just wooing us constantly toward your heart. And we just pray that this time of reflection as we prepare to meet you face-to-face at Mass on Sunday, as we open up the gospel that we'll hear that that you that we will be docile that we'll be teachable moldable uh, to your word and, uh, and please lord just fill us with the courage holy spirit please put the, the gift of courage into our hearts so we can live the word uh, each and every day in all aspects of our lives and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 The Father, the Son, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And before we have the gospel reading, Hannah, do you mind uh, praying for us the morning prayer, which is I, I recommend everybody to start their day with. It'll, it'll change your life into a great adventure. Sure thing. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, Father. Thank you for the blessing of this day and for the opportunity to serve you. I offer up to you all my prayers, works, joys, sufferings, and life as a living sacrifice to be united with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the purpose of building your kingdom. Enlighten my heart and mind with your truth. Set them ablaze in your love so that I may be a blessing to others this day. Use me, Father, as an instrument in the salvation of souls. Open my eyes to see you at work in my life. Open the ears of my heart to hear your voice, and open my heart so that I may do your will this day and all the days of my life. Lord Jesus, I invite you to live in me, through me, and with me this day. Holy Spirit, please light our path. Father, join with us on this great adventure which you created for me. I pray this in the name of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. That is is beautiful. yeah, you're right, Dave. If we pray this every day, every morning, because, uh, you know, obviously all throughout the day we should be offering up, but if we pray this in the morning for the whole day ahead, uh, we're, 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 we're giving it. You know, we're, we're offering everything, prayers, works, joy, suffering. So what a, what a great spiritual exercise and a habit to get into, uh, you know, just the whole idea of offering up, you know, something that, you know, grandmom and grandpa used to say to us, but it's, it's power. To, it to is truly power. offer up. And Rob, I started praying that prayer every morning for the past four years, and it's changed my life. The key also ingredients to that are pray to be a blessing to others that day, and then watch God use you as he gives you the eyes to see and the ears to hear, and then let him use you as an instrument in the salvation of souls. Oh my goodness, it makes your life a great adventure, a great adventure. Awesome. And with that, do you mind giving us a little bit of gospel love? Sure. This is from the Gospel of Mark. 
Jesus summoned the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over unclean spirits. He instructed them to take nothing for the journey but a walking stick, no food, no sack, no money in their belts. They were, however, to wear sandals, but not a second tunic. He said to them, Wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave. Whatever place does not welcome you or listen to you, leave there and shake the dust off your feet in testimony against them. So they went off and preached repentance. The twelve drove out many demons, and they anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. When you started reading, I circled the word summoned. And I said, what is Jesus calling you to, each of us to, today? And are we truly listening? Because people wonder about, how do you hear God? Well, you hear him in silence. You hear him when you go into your heart and you ask for the Holy Spirit to help you, to open up your heart to hear that voice of the Lord, those inspirations, and then obedience. Because God always leads us in the direction of love, which is mercy, forgiveness, compassion. So for me, I want to listen. I want to hear. I want to be summoned by Jesus. And then I want to go forth. It does says at the end of every Mass, go forth. Proclaim the gospel message of Jesus Christ, his peace, his peace to a world that needs it in a big way. And, and he doesn't want us to do it alone. He sent, he sent his boys out two, two by two, and he wants us to do the same. And, and if, if you just think about any joy-filled experience you, you think of the people that you experience it with or when you went through a sorrow or a death in the family or a sickness you think of the people that surrounded you with their loves so in this in this mission that we're all on to go out and spread the good news we're going to have some highs and lows it's going to be a roller coaster ride right and obviously we don't want to get too high with the highs or too low with the lows but to have someone there with us to, to serve with, to pray with, to, to keep us in check, to hold us accountable. It's a, it's a beautiful gift, right? Because it's like a, you know, we're, we're right near Hershey Park, and uh, you go on a roller coaster by yourself. It's fun, but if you go on a roller coaster with, you know, with your friend or with someone in your family and you're laughing together and you're sharing the experience, how much more fun is it, right? So in the joys and in the sorrows uh, of life, God wants us to, to be with others and, and in sharing the, the greatest news, Jesus' love for us and our salvation through him, he wants us to do that with others. And I think it's really an important lesson. Even Jesus had his three closest companions, Peter, James, and John. So for me, he didn't send us out as lone rangers. Why? Rob, you and I, we're compadres. We are spiritual brothers that God sends us out on a journey with together so that we can each help each other, that the Holy Spirit can work through you to help me in a situation I'm dealing with, and the Holy Spirit can work through me to help you with a situation you're dealing with. God promises in the Bible where two are or more are gathered, He is with us. It doesn't say we're one person standing there alone deciding to do what He wants to do. In fact, it goes the contrary to that and says the counsel of one is the counsel of a fool. You know, we can't be our own counselor. We can't, you know, if it's all about me, myself, and I, and I have all the answers, um, stop that. We need, to, we need to have that close compadre that God brings into our life that's fully grounded in Christ and on the journey with us. And then we need to be open and transparent and ask for counsel, ask for advice, ask for help on the journey. And then listen 
to the Holy Spirit as they work through in prayer, in surrender and invitation to the Holy Spirit, to where God's leading you and directing you. He sent them out two by two, two by two. Great learning lesson, Rob. Thanks for pointing that out. And it also shows to me that great trust that they had in God, in Jesus, because he said, you know, take nothing for the journey. And so a lot of times I think, you know, maybe in my life I go out on a day trip and I'm already packing all this stuff, you know, and I have to take all this yeah. stuff for the journey. And, you know, he sent them out, you know, two by two, so they're supporting each other and to just to trust in him that he would provide for their needs as they went around. So it's a great word to me to trust in God, trust in Jesus. You know, and, and also it says, though, to take a walking stick. And as I was reflecting on that, you know, I looked at your piece that you were reflecting on. We're not to have anything that we're attached to of the world, the food, the stacks, the money. Don't, don't have attachments to the world. Don't have an agenda. Be submissive to the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and then follow Christ as He takes us out there. That walking stick, to me, is a help and a tool used to detect the snares and traps of the devil, because they're out there to get us, they're out there to entrap us, so we have it with us to help us on our journey to make sure that the ground we're going to be stepping on, you know, is still firm, is correct. It doesn't have a trap, so that walking stick, to me, is part of our anointing as priest, prophet, and king, and a gift given by God, seeking him to help us in every step. Holy Spirit, light our path. You know, follow Jesus. Don't run out ahead of him. I find myself, when I run out ahead of him, man, I trip, I bang, I get bruised. I wreck the car when I'm driving, you know, when I don't let the Lord drive. And uh, yeah, so for me, that, that, that was an important learning lesson also. Follow Christ. Listen to that still, quiet voice. Don't have an agenda. Be present. And that, that's a huge, huge, huge piece for me. I remember a couple of Lents ago, uh, during during my fasting, during uh, or as part of my fasting during Lent, there were certain days where I said, All right, "Today, Lord, I'm going to offer up the sacrifice of food, unless someone offers me something." That my plan today is to offer up my my my, my eating as a sacrifice, unless someone offers me something. And on those days, it was so amazing. Like I, I got the like the coolest offers of like you know Lebanese food or just like all these like different kinds of food. And and when you had those offers, everything was such a gift, right? So and Jesus is telling these guys, go out with nothing. Everything that's given to you is a gift from me through whoever gave it to you, right? So I just remember that was a a fun little fasting challenge and and just you know the the gifts that people. Would, would offer, not knowing that I made the challenge. You know, it was like kind of like a, a little wink from God. It's like, hey, there's, there's that, little, that little Lebanese dish from, from, from me to you through, uh, you know, through, through Peter. Uh, so it, was, it brings back some fun memories. Also, David, I was just, when you were talking about the walking stick, it just kind of hit me that as we journey through life, the walking stick in our life could be like the teachings of the church, like the magisterium, like... I don't know what I should believe on this particular whatever's going on, but I could turn to the catechism or something, and that's my you know, my, my stick of support. You know? Yes, beautiful, so. beautiful, absolutely. And that's what's beautiful about being Roman Catholic is we have Holy Mother Church from which all other Christendom came. You trace it back. I was just reading an article about the, the Moravians, the, an order of Christians, and started by a Catholic priest. <laughs> you know, the Amish, the Mennonite, Catholic priests. I mean, Holy Mother Church did give birth to all of Christendom. And so going to Holy Mother Church and say, 
I don't want to play the Pope. I don't want to decide what to believe and what not and say, Holy Mother Church, you were founded on Peter the Rock. You were founded by Christ. Gates of hell will not prevail against it. What do you teach? 2,000 years, what do you teach? And the Holy Spirit is always opening up the the truth deeper for the Holy Church, Holy Catholic Church. So, man, to go into the catechism to say, what is it? It's a freedom. It's a freedom because we have the safety of the church that Christ established. And, you know, going back to um, Jesus instructing his disciples to take nothing for the journey, David, as you said, it's so easy to get caught up in our worldly possessions. And mm. we often think, you know, our big house is going to make us happy, our nice car is going to make us happy, and having all this money is going to make us happy, but it's not. At the end, you know, as our motto here at Stewardship, everything we have is a gift from God. And I think it's our responsibility to pay forward our gifts and whether that's, you know, dedicating our time or our talents. And um, just yesterday at the Stewardship of Leadership meeting at one of the Catholic schools, we were talking about how um, oftentimes prayer is the greatest gift you can give someone. And just being for them, just being there for them spiritually and, you know, putting in a good word for them to the big guy is, you know, the most help you can give someone. You know, it's interesting. The Bible tells us the Holy Spirit will lead us to all truth. And for me, I'm always constantly calling out the Holy Spirit. Help me to learn the lesson I'm to learn going through this life event. Help me to break open the bread of life, the scripture verse. And earlier today, I was reflecting on the verse that says, um, whenever, or I'm sorry, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave. And when you first read the sentence, you're like, well, of course, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go. And then when I leave, I'm going to leave. But I said, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to tell me through this? And what it really took me to was this. Wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave. And that to me meant always be fully present. So for me, when I'm with my wife and I've entered her home, her heart, stay there. Don't worry about business. Don't go off on a tangent of television. Don't read the newspaper while she's trying to talk to you. Be fully present. Stay there until that time of togetherness then it was, it's time to, to, to leave. And that goes for children. It goes for wife. It goes for the people God brings into your life. I know in my past, as I was growing and learning spiritually, oh my goodness, I was outright rude. You know, I would do things while people were talking. I wouldn't pay attention. I'd be distracted. Distractions come from the enemy. And I believe this teaching from Jesus here, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave, is a really profound teaching to stay in the present moment Stay present with the people God's put in your life and let the Holy Spirit work in you, with you, and through you. That's beautiful. That, that's just really... But I had no idea what it meant when I first read it. So again, learning lesson, call on the Holy Spirit. What do you want to teach me? What does this mean? Especially, David, when we're distracted by the good at the expense of the great. Right? You used the word distraction, and, and I heard this teaching on uh, the, the, the punishment or the execution style that they used to call it distraction when you know when your wrists and your feet were ankles were tied horses. to four horses <laughs> and go and they went in all four different directions and you got torn apart that was called distraction so if you think about in our lives when we're distracted by so many different things even if it's good stuff right morally good or morally neutral but at the expense of the great what does god want us to do right now look at the eyeballs across the table from you that's, that's, that's where he wants you to be, right? One soul at a time, 
one conversation at a time, one, one helping hand at a time. And if we're worrying about the five things that we're not doing or could be doing to build the kingdom and we're not focused on what God has right in front of us, then that's our will, thinking that we need to accomplish all this stuff. God, yep. right? God needs us to be where he has us at that moment and not distracted like, you know, like the four horses and, and going in a different direction. And, you know, and that perfect example of that, I just came back from a two-week family vacation with uh, 20 of us, children, grandchildren, my wife and I, and the Lord spoke to my heart when I left for the trip, be present with them and create memories that money can't buy. And so it was awesome. I mean, for most of the trip, that was correct. But I got tempted to look at financial reports about three-quarters of the way through the report, and there was some bad news in the part of the financial report. And guess what? I fell for the bait. I didn't use my walking stick to ask God, should I look at these? Oh, no, I just did it. And guess what? It distracted me. It took me away from the present moment. My wife knew something happened. My wife knew I wasn't present. My body was there, but I was working on numbers in my head. And so it hurt me, but I did recognize it. And I said, God, please help me. And I got back into the present moment. But, you know, you got to be careful. Don't do it. Don't take that cell phone. Don't look at that that iPad or whatever your computer and and get distracted from where God wants you fully present. As a married man, my number one vocation is my wife. As a married man, my number two vocation are my children and then grandchildren. That's top priority. Everything else except for my personal intimate relationship with God Father, Son, and Holy Spirit comes below that line. And if it doesn't, I'm out of balance. The kids know it. My wife knows it. And guess what? I'm not effective. The enemy's taking me out. And, and, and that just happened to be this past week. You know, something happened, and then my wife tried to inquire, but the way she inquired, I took offense at, at like the, the question, and something was bothering me. But the way she asked, I took offense, and then it made it even worse, right? Instead of just taking a deep breath and saying, yeah, you know, maybe we can talk about it you know, at, at the right time. Um, so here, sometimes even when we're in the midst of being distracted, where something happened, had no bearing, or no, it was un, completely unrelated to the, the situation where I was, but she felt it. And um, so I, I added offense on top of the distraction, and it, uh, you know, made it made it doubly worse. And then the next day I was able to finally say what was going on but um yeah we, it's you know that, that walking stick needs to be out for that you know for that offense as well that you know that's the bait that satan throws out there to to take offense at you know a a, a smirk or a, a remark or a nonverbal or whatever and it almost seems like he mentions in here like not to take it personally because if they if they don't welcome you shake the dust off your feet and move on don't take it personally like th- this is my work you know and because I, I know sometimes, like maybe with evangelization, we might be afraid to speak about, you know, our faith or whatever. And um, because we're take it personally if they reject me or something. But I think Jesus says, if you, you know, don't take it personally, just shake the dust off and move on. You know, that's good. That's really good because there's a great book written called The Bait of Satan, and then one of the number one tools the enemy uses to destroy and tear apart families and businesses, and relationships, and the church is offense. When you take up an offense, you have taken the bait of Satan, and you are on the hook. And then you get irritable, angry, 
you carry unforgiveness, you get jealous, whatever. All these things breed from this taking up of the offense. And so I think it was a key point you just noticed, because let's read that again. Whatever place does not welcome you or listen to you, leave there and shake the dust off your feet in testimony. That was an action not words. we got to be careful. Too many times somebody hurts us, we take up an offense, and then we go tell 10 other people, do you know what Bob said? Do you know what June said? No, 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 that's not what it's saying to do. So we bear testimony against them through our silence. Through We're not going to get involved. When we get together with people and it turns into a gossip session, you know what? i got to go because I'm not going to stay and stay part of this. Or it turns out that they don't want to listen. They're not open to change. They want to you know, go to the bar and go get drunk or go here or go there. You know what, guys? I can't be part of that. Boom, silence speaks louder than words, and our actions are what people hear and see. And that is the testimony against them. And they get the conviction because it's—the Bible also says about heaping hot coals on them. That that That— that's actually a tough love, and that's heaping hot coals for the Holy Spirit to do His work to say, yo, you're not living the right life. You're not saying the right thing. So for me, that's a great analogy to dust off, because I don't want to take any of the negativity with me. I don't want to take any of the gossip, anything that was a contaminant of that situation that says place or, or people that don't listen— I don't want to take it with me because it's a, it's a toxin within our bodies. It's a toxin in our hearts. So I want to shake it off and say, Lord, cleanse me, purify me, and keep going. Don't take an offense. So they went off and preached repentance. So Jesus, so Jesus is telling these guys you know, what to do, where to stay, how to leave, what to take, what not to take. And then after all that, it says, so they went off and preached repentance. It doesn't say they went off and preached, I'm okay, you're okay, uh, keep on doing what you're doing. They went off and preached repentance. And the, you know, I, I circled that and drew an arrow, and I put relationship, that we have to be in relationship. So we don't know a time period here, how long they stayed, but I, you know, I'm, I'm guessing they probably stayed a while sometimes, right, where they were in people's houses. You get to know them, you, you eat with them, you're, you're just sleeping over, you're, you're hanging out, you're getting to know them. And then you can see the Holy Spirit can reveal to you, okay, where, because repentance is change. Where does the Holy Spirit want this person to change? And if we're in a relationship with someone, and then that person makes an observation, and you know it's in prayer, then you, you, you take it a little better. But if you're just kind of making a rash judgment and, you know, just telling people to change, hey, how you doing? I'm Rob. <laughs> you know, you got to stop doing this, this, and this. It's like, you don't even know me, right? So we have to take time to be in relationship with others to truly see what's going on and pray, Lord, is there anything you'd like me to, to say here or to, to guide? Because that's, that's, a, that's a tough assignment. So they went off and preached repentance to tell people how to change or why to change or what to change. And you know what? I mean, for me, Rob, again, we go back up to the top. We were given the authority. Do you realize the devil and his minions have no power over you? Do you realize that? Unless you give it to him. He can tempt you. Oh, absolutely. Tempts you all the time. But your free will. 
and your communion, common union with God. You said it, Rob. You pray, you pray, you pray, you ask. You constantly go back to that source of life, that source of wisdom, which is God through Jesus Christ. And you ask God, you ask the Holy Spirit, help me in this situation. Should I Should I look at the numbers? I guarantee what the Holy Spirit would have said, no. But no, I didn't want to listen to him. I just went and did it. So for me, it's a constant communion with God, that common union, and asking and inviting and seeking the knowledge, the wisdom, and deep prayer, Rob. The power of prayer is unbelievable. We are praying and asking for God of everything to intercede for us, to help that person. You know, I was in a situation with a very close friend of mine, and they're suffering a physical ailment. And it was interesting because the same physical ailment, which happens to be a sciatic nerve in the hip, God speaks about in the the wrestling of Jacob with, with the angel. And what the Lord put in my heart is it's unforgiveness. The person's taken up an offense. And so when I came back from Mass, I said, you know what? you got to forgive that person, and you need to pray for them. And they chose not to. And that sciatica got twice as bad. It's 24-7. Because we can choose our free will to hold on to unforgiveness, to not repent, to not, you know, because you're saying preaching repentance, to not let go. And God says, you know what, you have your free will. But the prison cell we put ourselves in, it's locked from the inside by ourselves, our own free will choice. And so the Lord called me up to pray with the person. And so I did that today for the, for the forgiveness of our sin of unforgiveness plus prayers for the person that, that hurt this person. So, man, I'm telling you, it's, it's huge learning lessons, but it's a great journey. And you, and you look at what we're called not to take food, sacks, you know, with something in there, money, um, the, the things that we think are going to make us so comfortable and happy. Um, he just wants us to leave them behind. Like don't, don't even, don't even take them. So we're not, so we're not tempted to, to go in. So it's kind of like, um, uh, the cell phone right now, or the iPhone, whatever you know, device we have. The other day I was with my 13 year old daughter. We went out to breakfast, just the two of us. And I said, let's leave these in the car. Let's just, let's just leave these in the car just to avoid any temptation of, of being distracted. So we can just be with each other. Right. So, Whatever your food, your money is, you know, whatever the distraction is or the go-to or the, 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 the blankie or the, the binky, whatever it is, leave it behind. Leave it behind so we can be present in the present moment. Yeah, and that goes back to that thing you said earlier, total trust in God, total dependence on God. I can't do it, but Lord, you can. And his strength is perfected in what? Our weakness. God bless everybody. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, 
please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.